Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets If you don't win your first bet, place your money line, prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success. Yo, what up? It's DK. Thank you so much for listening to the Mixing Music Podcast. I just want to do a quick plug about Antares and Autotune. Antares makes the original industry standard Autotune that we all know and love the sound of. We are sponsored by them, so if you visit mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash autotune, we do get a small kickback from every purchase. Thank you so much for supporting the show. Please enjoy this episode. One, two, three. Hello, and welcome back to the Mix of Music Podcast. I am your host, DK, and with me, as always, is perfect for this episode, Limiter Lou. Limitless Lou. Limitless Lou. Limited Lou. Limited Lou. Lots of clipping Lou. (laughs) (laughs) Limited clipping Lou? I'm just going to say lots of whatever, Lou, from now on. Like, lots of lots of yogurt, Lou. You like yogurt lots. Do you like yogurt? I mean... No. Okay. So, <laughs> not that much. <laughs> oh, man. I mean, I want to say yes, but I, I fear that Nels will show up and be like, uh, oh, she said dog? she likes yogurt, so I said, yo, play with this d- <laughs> Can, you say that? Can you say that on the stream and on the puck? It's all right. I'm where it's all right. It's all right. Welcome to the podcast, the Mixed Music Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. We're actually talking about limiters. You've probably already read that in the title. You kind of got that, I guess, because I said that this is a good nickname for Lou. Um, we actually have had lots of people send us nicknames for Lou. I just keep forgetting to pull them up before we start recording. It's just my fault, so I end up doing it off the top of my head anyway. But um, welcome to the Mixing Music Podcast. We're going to talk about limiting today. We're just going to get right started. Lou. Yes. Limiters. Yes. Uh, let's first start off no. with um, limiters <laughs> limiters in indiv- on individual tracks during mixing. Sure. 
Um, well, do, first I off, I guess we should define what a limiter is. Okay, Compression limiter. versus limiting, go. So a basic, uh, I guess a basic textbook's definition is a compressor set to a 10 to 1 ratio or above with the intention of killing any and all dynamics. Obviously, if you were to slap that onto something that uh, at like minus 20 and that thing is peaking at zero digital, it's still going to get two decibel increase, but it, you'd have to hit it. 20 decibels over just to get that two decibels. So it's anything that you're basically trying to shave off and basically create a brick wall out of anything that's 10 to one or above. Yeah. So technically 10 to one and above. So a compressor is just a smaller ratio limiter and a limiter is just a very aggressive compressor in that sense. Yeah, exactly. So much so that, uh, you could have the conversation of like a hundred to one ratios actually being reductive gain which actually causes the signal to actually drop in volume versus creating a wall so like a negative two to one ratio no that's uh that's actually top uh bottom up compression uh when you do like 100 to one you'll notice that if you were to look at it on an actual like this is when you get into like compression design but like when you look at the curve of what it's actually doing to a linear signal that goes in you'll notice that it actually starts to dip downward after a moment so if you start hitting it hard enough you'll notice that the volume drops and you'll hear that with like pumping of compressors because you hit it too hard yeah Um, but you usually don't hear that right away unless you go way over with limiting if you do like 100 to 1 ratio you can actually hear that yeah which which um these compress some a lot of these limiters as well, especially like mix bus limiters, are infinite to one. So they, nothing goes past brick wall, right? Brick wall yeah. limiting, nothing, no volume, no signal goes past that compressor. Which is why it sounds so bad when you go over. Yeah, and um, it also can be very useful. Like I definitely use mixing in the mix. Um, I use limiters, heavy heavy compressors or limiters, straight up like mix bus type limiters. Um, on various different things to create headroom. Like, for example, it's not uncommon for me to use a clipper as well or like a limiter on a drum bus, not to squish it or get more tone out of it or anything like that, but nothing other than the functional purpose of getting just a couple more dBs of headroom, which a couple more dBs of headroom can really change the overall volume of the mix when you get to the mix bus mastering stage. Absolutely, yeah. So I definitely use that a lot. Um, what other tracks, like acoustic guitars? They can use a limiter sometimes. It really depends on the overall intent because the cool thing about a limiter is uh, unlike a compressor, a compressor can be used to like gently control the dynamics, but you can use a limiter to really offset like the undertone. Like For instance, like an acoustic guitar, as your example, like you can use it to actually increase the body and minimize the transient. Hmm. Like, it's not just about shaving the top off. It's also about bringing the bottom up with it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. I, and I think it's interesting, too. Like, I think when I'm using it in the mix, limiters more often than not, I'm using it for creating headroom, more for the function. And and when I'm using limiters in the mix on individual tracks, um, like brick wall, like L1, L2 type, yeah. you know, like super hard limiters, um, which then again, like I use like 10 to 1, 20 to 1 compression that mm-hmm. type of like softer limiting, <laughs> not brick wall limiting. I use that quite often as well. But I would say like hardcore brick wall limiting, um, I use on tracks more for like the purpose of creating headroom, of making sure that the levels, the peaks are not as high, I guess. Yeah. Making sure that it's a little bit more functional, right? I don't want to change the tone at all. That being said, like I do use like um, the uh, Zener limiter or 
you know, fair child limiting or like any sort of 20 to one limiter. Um, right now I've been using a lot of like silica from Chris audio, which is basically just like a Zener or a, or a germanium limiter. And those ones I use a lot for clipping as well as for, cause the Zener limiters are really great for like saturating clipping with. And then as well as like, I'm like doing a lot of tonal stuff for that. Or even with, um, the Neve, uh, what is it? The 33609 type diode compressors. Yeah. I love that thing. And like, I'll, I'll go a lot for the tone of it. A lot of people don't even engage the limiter on it, which I'm surprised. Yeah, and the limiter on that one is dope, too. Yeah, it actually. really is. I it's, it's really good on, like, drum buses. Yeah, so definitely something to try out there. Um, okay, I think that's, like, pretty much sums it up. There's not really much else to say because I think that a lot of people mix with limiters, like, without realizing that they're using a limiter because some limiters are, like, meant for master bus compression. They have yeah. threshold, which also raises the volume, and then ceiling. Yeah, exactly. Right, and that's, like, the normal thing. So I know that the, There's many tools that are hidden by different names that essentially have the same purpose like maximizers uh some people use parallel compression but it's really just using in most cases like people are crushing the signal so much it's almost like using a limiter in parallel yeah actually that's a good point like oftentimes these companies will call it a maximizer which is just a brick wall limiter but it does have some sonic change to it it does actually emphasize because of the curve which is something we can talk about we can talk about the actual um curve in the actual threshold which actually makes it different the way some limiters work versus a compressor for instance like uh if you notice with most limiters it's actually pretty linear their threshold curve uh meaning that the frequency that they're listening to like a compressor you set a threshold input um but on a limiter you don't actually set the threshold you actually just feed into it but it's usually a very linear line like it doesn't soften up on the low end unless you get from different brands different build types and all that kind of stuff but um most times uh like if you were to go into it with like i know we're going to talk about multi-band limiting uh too as well but we are yeah okay we we're going to talk about it all right i mean we should uh, but the funny thing is like um if you were to look at compressors like the L1, a lot of times the first thing that you hear go down is the bass because the bass usually takes up the most information in the mix. But then you use ones like Oxford Limiter where it actually has the, I believe it's called Enhance, right? Oh, uh, Inflator? In, no, no, not no, Inflator. Enhance, they enhance in the knob. Oxford yeah, Limiter. Oxford limiter yeah. That one actually changes the curve of it. That way it can actually emphasize a little more of the mids. Because a lot of times when the bass gets ducked down, it's an overall ducking. It's not multiband, which is why a lot of people will use multiband limiters. But what I like about like the inflator is that you can actually change the curve of the actual threshold, which allows for the music to actually breathe a little differently into a limiter. So unlike a compressor where like, uh, let's say like a tube tech, which everybody's familiar with, has a much higher threshold point on the low end, which is why it sounds like this like supposed full body compressor. But... You can also set that one to limiter mode, and it actually sounds more like an LA-2A. So like the side chain, the the actual... No, just the natural input. Oh, okay. Wow. Yeah, most compressors' uh, threshold is actually a frequency curve that's been pre, uh, pre-assigned, essentially. So that way, depending on what's being fed in, it will react differently. So it's almost as if you... Uh, in so it is kind of like side chaining. It's kind of like, like side inside chaining, The side yeah. chain in the in But the it's part of the circuit. Yeah. It's not something that you manually so, select. So I, I know this one pretty often, like where the the detection circuit of the threshold, like the, the like built-in side chains, mm-hmm. where the compressor has a built-in high-pass filter, or whatever. Um, 
Thank you for subscribing, The Real MDK. I really, really appreciate that. Quick shout-out for you on the podcast. You're going to be on the podcast episode. Thank you so much for Ooh. subscribing on Twitch. Um, but a lot of these like built-in like uh, yeah, high-pass filters, It's the audio gets duplicated on the input, and one goes through the actual compressor chain, the actual exactly. like, components. Yep. The other... The other duplicate goes through the side chain circuit, which has an EQ built in, and it, the detection circuit where it detects yep. um, the the frequencies going through, and it high passes the detection circuit exactly. audio. So that way, the low end isn't triggering the compressor, but it's exactly. still compressing the low end. It's just not being triggered by the low end. Exactly. So, so that's how a lot of limiters are actually different from compressors. A lot of limiters tend to be linear. I see. I see. Got it. Yeah. And and so even with uh for my the golden age comp 2a that i love so much the 600 la 2a type compressor there's a knob it's a filter and it emphasizes the top end so it actually in the side chain signal the detection circuit it boosts the top end so it's like a treble boost yep so that way anything any sort of sibilance it's supposed to like catch sibilance or anything a bright stuff it's supposed to compress the entire again not just the top end it's not a frequency dependent compressor but it it's triggered more by higher end Frequency higher end exactly like yeah. information, which is very interesting and can totally change the character of a compressor or a limiter. Yep, which is why you find like a lot of mastering compressors, though they have the option to limit, they're usually in the compression stage, but a lot of mastering limiters may have like some EQ curve changes on the actual input, but usually not. It's not something that's typically found in a limiter, mm. but in compressors it is. And so uh, I know that some people are a little bit lost right now. If you're new to mixing into the audio thing, that was just a really weird conversation. But the point is, um, I think just make sure limiters and compressors do all sound different. And there's a bunch of different companies, a bunch of different models because they do sound different. So um, I would say just pay attention to the tone because it's not just volume. Like the first thing that you should be listening to for a compressor and limiter is volume change, dynamic change, not yeah. tone change. It's, it's actually a dynamic thing. So most people can't hear compression because they're listening for more low end, more top end or some sort of like frequency change. But you should be listening for the transient. Yeah. Listen to like the pop, like when the kick drum hits, how much of that initial kick is going through? How much is it? squishing down like you'll hear the air come out of your speakers and really really nice speakers like in my case my speakers the transient and is information is very very obvious in in the same sense like when i was listening to a song yesterday in my studio and i was like oh this song sound- okay uh uh light switch by charlie puth which is one of my oh, wife yeah. and favorite artists right charlie puth light switch the drums or whatever the drums are mm-hmm. sounded super tight and super precise but on my speakers opposite yeah, and then and then I took it to the car, and that transient information was gone. So it'd be really hard to compress and hear compression in my car mm-hmm. when the, the transient information is smeared to begin with. Yeah. So um, that's why I really like these speakers that I have right now. Anyway, but um, we're going to come back to uh, um, the idea of uh, clipping, saturating a little bit as well. Um, what is the difference between limiting and clipping, Lou? All right, clipping uh, deals more with the transient than it does the actual audio, but it will affect your audio if overdone, uh, just like toast. You know, it's going to make it nice and tasty, but it's 
do too much, it's going to be burnt and nasty. <laughs> but clipping is uh, when you just want to actually remove some of the top end transient. Sometimes things are just poking through. You don't really feel a dynamic difference, but it just naturally has just a tighter transient. Maybe you're trying to actually help control the dynamics in your mix bus so that the compressor isn't actually responding so much to it. Um, the cool thing is you can actually just feed a clipper and set a threshold and you can actually just start shaving into it um you're basically just cutting the top off of it imagine you had a mushroom and the volume that you're looking for is just the stem and you just want to cut off the top imagine that top went away the stem stayed unchanged but anything related to that top is gone now you just got the stem now with limiting it's actually similar in the sense that you will lose the transient that's just naturally happening as you feed into that threshold, but it's being pushed downward. It's not being removed. It's being pushed downward. So you're dropping dynamics while a clipper can sometimes save your dynamics. That Yeah. So we have talked about this before. A clipper will, if there's a waveform that goes above the threshold, it'll just mm -hmm. chop it off. So it'll square wave it. That's yep. where the... Uh, distortion comes from potential like when you clip things it'll like start to get fuzzy and distorted like yeah. a and a good guitar. clipper you might not hear so much of the distortion like i like the gold clipper yeah the soft clipper yeah um and then a compressor when it reaches a threshold it'll it'll maintain the peak but it'll just lower it or yeah it's supposed to right it'll still kind of square it off a little bit but it's it's more about turning down the volume where a clipper just cuts it off yep so have you ever heard any sort of like um mimi like when i play the Monsters Inc. theme. Yeah. And like, I just did that totally on purpose, just screaming into the mic. Um, <laughs> I'm just no, clipping the microphone, right? <laughs> I apologize to anybody that uh, that that was hearing that, but anyway, um, that's clipping. So you can actually get loud with clipping as well. And so I know that both of us use a combination of limiting and clipping. In the mix bus, master bus phase. All right. Yep. I want to briefly talk about um, in limiting. I want to talk about real quick how we find out when people limit too much on the mix bus, master bus. What is the first thing that people tend to lose? You want to answer that, or do you want? You know, I, I'm gonna. I'm gonna. I'll just say. It, I'll just say. It. I feel like with the limiter, mm -hmm. when I put too much limiting on a mix bus, the first thing that I lose is the low end. The low end is the first thing that gets sacrificed if you limit too much. That was what I was talking about with the whole linear threshold because it's the first thing that's going to trigger it. It's the first thing that's going to go through. Not only do you lose that, but you lose front to back depth. Yeah. That's actually a huge issue for a lot of people. They say, I want my mixes loud. I want to have that 3D. I want my vocals up front, my snares up front. I want like the pads in the back. But if you do too much limiting, then the pads come forward. Everything gets drowned out, but it all starts with the loss of low end. Because low end is usually where we perceive front to back depth. Yeah, and low end and transients as well. Yep. So like it's it's very interesting to me where I do a like, for example, every Friday on Twitch, we do mixed feedback at 10 a.m. Uh, Pacific Standard Time. So LA time, 10 a.m., I do mixed feedback on Twitch for free. And whenever we do that, it's very interesting to me that um, I get a lot of really awesome mixes that sound great, the balance is great, the tone is great, but it's compressed or limited limited to all hell. Like it yeah. is so limited that the drums are only punchy in tone. Like mm -hmm. it's just all of a sudden a spurt of 3K whenever the snare hits rather yep. than the snare jumping out. The snare doesn't jump out. The snare just like pops, like quack, quack, 
Yep. So that's like too much limiting. And when you don't li- like when you have enough dynamics, you'll actually hear like it move forward and like slap you in the face. Uh, if you're watching the video, you're watching me like flick my arm forward. There's like yeah. an actual movement difference. And that's where like the front to back death depth can come from a lot too. So I do and so anybody that's like and some like there's a lot of like side chaining that EDM artists do. Like some of these EDM mixes are crazy, and they still somehow yeah. maintain a little bit of that without. But it's a lot of that side chaining, and it it's becomes very and obvious. It's like specific limiters. I don't yeah. know how the magic is, but there's definitely when you're listening for limiting and compression, it's exactly what you said, which yeah. was how much does it come out the speakers, the transient information. Yeah. Like it's got to push something back. Like not everything can be in front. Have you ever heard the concept if everything's good, nothing's good? Yeah. Okay. Everybody, what's that? From, is that from The Incredibles? I don't if know everybody has house. superpowers, then, then no one has, does. Yeah. yeah, but the funny thing is this: like, if 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 you think about that in your mix, if everything is loud, nothing is loud. Everything is just blurred. Um, my favorite, most hated thing in the world, and I say favorite, most hated thing because <laughs> I get asked so thing. my I get asked so many times that it's become a joke. Which is, can we make it louder when it's already so loud that the dynamics are being lost? Can Mm -hmm. we make it louder? And that question always happens. And then that's where, like, it's important to really realize the difference between clippers, uh, multiband, limiting, and sidechaining can be your best friend. Even parallel uh, processing can be your best friend because it's all about perceived loudness at the end of the day. But sometimes if the mix doesn't allow for all those things to really help you push louder... A lot of people will feed into their limiter and lose that front-to-back depth. They'll lose the transient. And at that point, it is loud, but it's lost all of its glory. I, I do. Ha- I have noticed that um, when you use a limiter too much, it changes the tone. Changes of, the balance. It changes the balance. Like some things will come more forward. Some things will go more back. Sometimes in a great way. Sometimes in a bad way. It changes the tone. It's like frequencies. It makes things, again, the low end you lose. Like so people, if anybody, if you're losing a limiter, the point is pay attention to what it's actually doing to your audio. It's not just making it louder. Like I always recommend when you're limiting stuff in the master bus phase, when you, you should limit it. Let's say you go like minus 10 dBs on the threshold, minus five dBs on the threshold, because that's how loud you want to get it. You should match the ceiling to minus five and see how it changes the tone of the track. Like, cause you'll be surprised. Yeah. Like I, and, and not just, not just, frequency tone but also punchiness like yeah because it, it can take away the punchiness so be careful with your limiters but you know it's one of my useful. favorite thing to do with that um so you can do the one-to-one uh knob like you know how on uh waves l1 you can actually uh click on both just hit shift on both the threshold and output and you can actually drag them simultaneously that way you can actually do the match or pro l2 from fab filter mm-hmm. has the one-to-one button and all that but uh, the issue that I found with that a lot is a lot of people will just reference just to see, but they don't really hear the difference. They just say, it sounds the same. I just don't hear distortion. By the time you've hit distortion, you've probably already done too much as well. So uh, if you have plugin alliance, there's the adapter plugin, which uh, what I've liked to do recently, and this has actually helped out a lot in maintaining dynamics in the limiting stage, even in compression stages, Um you can actually just export a bounce real quick. Do it offline if you want. I usually do online. But um, drag that track into adapter and have the non-compressed, non-limited version as uh, a listening option. And then match your volume to that. 
and then see if the limiting and the compression that you've added have actually taken away from the mix's dynamics or a 3D feel and then base it off of that. Yeah. Because a lot of times, like I said, even when we listen to one-to-one, there's some minor changes that you don't initially hear right away, especially in the beginning stages of your career, um, especially depending on your monitors. Like, I'm not trying to bash anybody with KRKs, but KRKs don't really do well with transient uh, response. Um, focals don't do well with uh, transient response either, and that's what I use at home. But ATCs, as expensive as they are, they have a good frequency range, but not great transient response. These Strauss have great transient response, so it's easier to tell on some monitors than others. But the funny thing is this. If you were to compare it to the original mix versus the limited one at the same volume, you'd actually hear a wild difference. Yeah, yeah. I, I do think so. And, and that's important to at least pay attention to. Now, yeah. how do you get around that? How do you make it better? There are, there's a bunch of different ways to do that, and, and it's going to be very subjective to what you're working on and the components that whatever it is right the different tracks the point is just pay attention to it um you can squash it as much as you want or as little as you want as long as you know what's going on the number one rule with mixing is just making sure that you're doing everything intentionally you never ever ever do anything or pull up presets just because someone told you to that's that is a very big no-no in the mixing world um, I use presets all the time as a starting point and then I adjust from there, but I always make sure like you see me constantly bypassing everything and then making sure that it's actually making a change that I want to keep. Oh, yeah. um, so, uh, but anyway, just pay attention to the sounds that you're making. The real MDK on Twitch says, do you mix into a limiter? I don't. I'll, I'll be honest. I do both. You, you do, I do both. Sometimes you do. And sometimes I you do don't. not on V1. I do on V2. Oh, like, okay, so revisions. Yeah, if I put a limiter on it, then I do that. Yeah, at that point, V1 was intentionally done with the intent of getting the best mix, not the loudest mix. Now, when I got to the limiter stage, chances are I still paid a lot of attention to the limiter at the end of it, but understanding the balance I had for that day. But you know how it goes. You listen to it the next day, and you're like, you know what? There's a few things I want to change. There's something I noticed that changed after the limiting and everything. The vocals came out just a little too much. That, like, that's another thing that stands out when people use limiters. Your mid-range stands out because the low end drops. But you don't necessarily hear that if your ears are fatigued. Usually when your ears are fatigued, mid-range starts to drop. Your perception of mid-range drops. So you may actually like the way it pushed the low end forward, but the reality is the low end never got pushed forward. I, I do think um, it's important to... So I'm I'm in the same way. Yeah. On V1, I don't mix ever into a limiter, but if I'm doing a revision and I've already mastered it and there's a limiter on it, I'm not going to turn it off to do the revisions and then turn it back on. Yeah, I'm it gonna, doesn't I'm make just sense gonna, like I'm going to yeah. mix into the limiter. Just just that's because I'm just lazy to be fair. Uh but I actually do know one of my teachers that helped me learn the art of mixing in pro tools. Um, he swears by mixing into a limiter. I know many people, this is actually a pretty yeah. common thing to mix oh. into a limiter. Mm-hmm. It personally, I doesn't work for me. Um, I, but I would say that that's like a workflow thing. Some people swear by it. It's not right or wrong to do that. It's not necessarily like, it's just a technique. Some people swear by it. I will say this. I, like I said, I sometimes do. I sometimes don't usually mix one. It's 99% of the time. No. But it's because of one reason. Um, Oxford limiter is on my master bus because I want to hear it with the enhanced curve. I really like the enhanced curve. I really like it. Now, I'm typically not limiting while I'm mixing, but I will set my threshold to about like minus six 
where I'm usually landing around like minus eight, minus 10 anyways. Not because I want that much headroom, but it, usually a lot of people's tracks are too fucking loud when they send the stems, which is another thing. People, stop normalizing your stems. It's not helpful. But um, I will take their stems if it's been normalized, and I'll drop it 10 decibels. And usually that gives me enough headroom. But because the reference bounce that they sent me had a limiter on it, Sometimes it's nice to hear with a little bit of limiting just to see where the tracks stand out in comparison to the stems as they push together. Did they send you something that is relevant to their final bounce or did they just give it to you completely raw? And sometimes that little bit of limiting kind of brings out the mix already, but it's not every time. Most times I will not use a limiter at the start. Yeah. And, and I think that's the same with me too. I typically don't mix into a limiter. Again, I just know a lot of people that do, but I personally don't. Yeah. All right. Uh, next thing, uh, limiting on now the part that everybody wants to talk about. I think this is the, I personally think, and I will always say that this is the least important part, but everybody wants to hear it. So we're going to give you what you want for the sake of the viewers. On that note, uh, you know who we're sponsored by? Uh, we are back to being sponsored with Isotope again for the next few months. And thank you so much isotope for sponsoring us if you're interested in any isotope products you can go to isotope.com backslash mm podcast to get 10 percent off of any order or to usually the isotope uh monthly subscription packages there's only a seven day demo but if you go to isotope.com backslash mm podcast then it will extend the trial period to a whole 30 days talking about that uh, Oxford limiters, dope, but the ozone nine ozone limiter, the maximizer is yep. dope. The vintage limiter is dope. Uh, in a previous episode of the mixing music podcast where we had a guest on our show, mm-hmm. he did mention well, a secret. I'm you're going to have to go back and listen to it, but he, one of our guests did mention how they, on their mix buses, they often use the vintage limiter mm-hmm. as, um, as Tone. a parallel, yeah. As a parallel into their full mix bus. So they print the mix and then they then they squash it with the vintage limiter with from Ozone mm-hmm. and they parallel it into it so they get a little bit more volume out of that. So we're gonna, you yeah. know, go search back to our archive of guests and see who says that and f- check it out. But anyway, um yeah, I do think thank you so much for Isotope for sponsoring us. Again, check out isotope.com backslash mm podcast. Um, but uh, I use actually Isotope ozone stuff quite a bit. I really love their vintage tape emulation on my mix bus for the That's compression and saturation. Yeah. It's really flexible. It's it can be super clean. Um, it can be distorted, but I think it's just flexible. And it's, the GUI is just different. Like the graphic interface is just different. You yeah. really don't know what's going on, which is kind of why I like it because it's forcing me to use my ears. Isn't there a way to turn off the graphic? No, I mean that's just it's just super different. Like you don't that's know how much like you don't see there's no view meter. Yeah. So you don't see how much like your limit like how much you're compressing, how much you're like pushing. Yeah. Yeah. It's just like an odd like a sound thing. Anyway, um live love that one. Uh also um the just like Isotope also has the multiband compression, which yep. you can change the ratio so you can turn them into limiters. Yeah. Actually, if, if I'm not mistaken, on their multiband compression. There's the threshold for the limiter, but there's also our compressor, but there's also a limiter built into it too, yep. so you can compress and limit each band. Yes. Um, I think the combination can sometimes be a little extreme, but if used lightly, like tame it while it's aggressive. Tame it while it's aggressive, but then back it off until it's lightly. And even if you don't necessarily hear the difference right away, bypass that. 
and then turn it back on and watch how your dynamics can sing. You can actually add dynamic punch using multiband limiting with that specific isotope plugin. Yeah, so check that out. Again, 30-day free trial instead of 7 or 10% off in order if you're just buying it. All right, um, on that note, uh, the part that everybody wants to hear that I think is the least important, but again, the part that everybody wants to hear is, what are your favorite tools? What are your favorite plugins? As you can tell, I really care about this topic. But that being said, I actually have a new limiter that I've been using that I love. Typically, I use two limiters on my mix bus. One uh, to really drop the tone or the or the to do a lot of the compression bit, the limiting bit. And the other one just to make sure that it's not going through. I use one as a ceiling and one as like volume, basically. That makes sense. And uh, yeah, I use a new one um, called Invisible Limiter. That's actually one, I'm not going to lie, I've uh, seen you use it a couple times, I want to check it out, but I also am getting a new place, so I'm trying not to Don't spend, spend too money. much money and be Don't a little spend, responsible. It's not worth spending money on. It's not worth spending money on. No, 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 it is definitely worth spending money on. Oh, okay. The apartment is more important. No, 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 absolutely. Look, priorities. Look, priorities. I've been doing this 12 years, basically now, I was, I was counting my age the other day, and uh, I realized I started... Uh, really taking on music professionally 12 years ago. That's uh, If That's I've been nice, able to do nice it professionally without it for 12 years, I can wait another. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah, <laughs> like, you can wait another year without the limiter. Yeah, I think you're gonna but be fine. I'm impressed with what it's doing. It is cool. I do like it a lot. Yeah. I think it's like AOM, the company. It's a Japanese company, actually. Yeah. Shout out to uh, <laughs> yeah, I checked out their all website. my Nihonjin people out there. Yeah, shout uh, out to all my tacos. My tacos. <laughs> I'm Mexican. <laughs> anyway, but once uh, you go taco, you never go backo. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um, uh, we also we talk about the Oxford limiter quite a bit. I think that one's really good too. I do like the enhanced curve. I've been. I also use the the BX True Peak limiter from Plugin Alliance. Okay, yeah. I've been using that one quite a bit as well. Um, for clippers, I use not on the mix bus, but on individual tracks. I use standard clip as well a lot okay. for for clipping. Yeah. Um, and on the mix bus, if I do use clipping, I use a lot of that the Massey Golden Clipper, which is a soft clipper. I love it. You, we briefly oh mentioned God. it earlier in the episode. That yeah. was a good one. Um, That's one I'll make weird sounds. Too. I will never use L one waves L one on a mix bus. It adds way too much distortion. I'll be honest. The only one I'll ever use from waves. Is the the what is it the L three multi maximizer? Yeah, I like L two. I think L two is fine. I don't think it's, it's the prettiest, but I think it's like a, it, it works. I, I like that one for mixing. I like L one for mixing because I do like how it adds a little bit of distortion on the individual tracks. Eight oh eight parallel. Ooh, that sounds like a good idea to try. Uh, but yeah, um, not wave stuff. Is that, <laughs> <laughs> uh, again ozone nine maximizer? I use quite a bit. That's great. Is great stuff, and I really actually, if you listen to the different tones, like the the modern version versus the V one V two, like the different yeah. tones that they have, they actually sound really really cool. Also has True Peak built into it. Won't yep. save you totally. Oh, let me, let's talk about this real quick. Um, there's something called intra True Peak limiting. Yeah, like inter sample sample distortion. Yep. Basically, even if you leave a ceiling of zero point one dB, uh, when it recreates the wave from the samples from the dots, right, the samples. Um, it recreates and it goes past zero so it can distort and clip the signal. That's why you've probably heard if you do 0 
minus 0.1 ceiling. A lot of people just leave it at zero, zero. Yeah, or if you leave it at zero, then you're probably, when you play it on your computer, it probably sounds fine from your DAW, but then you go play it in your car or off your phone, it's distorting like crap. Yeah, that's called inter-sample distortion. Uh, The way to avoid that is, at the very least, at the very least, on your ceiling, go minus 0.4 or 5. Like, that's the loudest. And for streaming purposes, when they re-encode your stuff, one. Ooh. Minus one for a streaming purpose. And also, hold on, hold on. Keep talking for a second because I'm going to cool. pull up I'm going to pull up a yeah, picture. So I'm going to pull up a really awesome I'm just going to say it like this. Uh, so intersample uh, distortion is a really bad thing, and most people run into it, and that's why like sometimes minimal changes to a mix can actually result in a better mix. One of those things is not being so loud. But if you're ever uploading for streaming, uh, just so you get a little reminder, we talked about this in a previous episode, Companies like Spotify are now integrating what is called uh, negative and positive gain, as they're putting it, uh, for their normal and quiet settings. When they're on the loud setting, they're still using a limiter. But um, when you export a song with the intention of streaming, leave yourself negative one decibels of headroom, true peak. Reason being is that if your mix is coming in at, let's say, minus 15 and they're trying to bring it up to minus 14 they can't push it up that extra one decibel to compete with the rest of them so leave a little bit of true peak because they're really relying on that true peak headroom just so that they can help you out in case you need to competitively come up or down okay i'm gonna try this This is gonna take me a couple different times but there's actually a secret if you are a mac user if you are a mac user this is super Uh important type in this if you go and type in um AF clip space and then drag and drop. I think that's it. Maybe you have to push in. Okay, I think that's it. Okay, if you if you t- if you go to terminal. Oh, there it is. That's perfect. If you go to terminal and you can see this on YouTube or on Twitch right now, I'm pulling it up on my screen. If you if you click on terminal, which is the built-in like coding thing for Mac, and you type in AF clip space then drag and drop the wave file into it, click enter, it'll process the file, and it'll show you how many times it samples, intersample clips. So on the left-hand side, it looks like on this specific track, 46 times, and in 26 samples, it clips, which is actually a pretty low number, um, so there's not a lot of intersample clipping going on. Let me see if there's one that, like, there's a lot going on. Um, hold on. Just um, anything from the end of a day of a session. Yeah, let me see if I could do something as well. A- AF, AF, clip. One word, uh, space, the drag and drop, something else, enter. It's going to load. It's going to do its thing. And again, you can see this on YouTube or on Twitch. That one, no samples clipped. So there's no samples clipped on that one. So that means I left enough headroom. Really, isn't this Isn't just, this just dope? Actually, I'm going to start using that. This is one way. Actually, uh, um, who AF clip. Oh, I did not spell that right. AF clip. Did you call it? Quack? What, what did you type? AF quack. Uh, no, I, my fingers were not in the right spot. Okay, so I'm going to hit enter. Oh, did I not work? Did no, not work? I don't think so. AF All right, clip, space. space. And I'm putting in this song now and entering that. It's it's loading. It's showing you with a 16-bit, 4,800. Okay, 112 intersample clipping on the left-hand side, 62 on the right-hand side. So really easy, Hi-hats. fast way to see the actual numbers of clipping. You won't... 
Like, and so if this is, if there's a big number here, you're, it's going to be audible. Yeah. If it's a pretty low number here, it's not going to be that audible. Um, but the point is, that's just one quick way that you can actually look to see if you're causing intersample clipping. Um, not just using your ears, but you can actually like use meters to see what's going on there. Very interesting, right? Uh, Bob Horn showed me that one who he learned from somebody else. Really cool. Check that out. That's part of uh, Apple. I don't know if Windows has an alternative or has an option there. If you're using Pro Tools, you already have that. You What? Hold on. You yeah. can look at the intersample clipping from Pro Tools? Yeah. How do you do that? It's a stock plugin. Oh, it's a stock plugin. Yeah, and it's in your regular plugin. It's not an audio okay. suite or anything. Let's let's check it out. Oh, I don't think I can pull it up because I don't think I'm you recording. Can. Yeah, but, but what is the plugin called? Uh, I think it's just meter. Oh, and it'll show you intersampling? Yep. Intersample clip distortion. That's cool. Yeah. I've never heard of it. And it'll that. actually time mark it and everything for you. Oh, that's cool. You just play it. Do you leave it on and play it? Yep. And that's it. And then it leaves is an it actual ugly catalog. Green one? Yeah. Oh. That's what that is. I've never used that one because it's like that ugly lime green. Yeah, that thing's been around since the 90s. I'm just saying. <laughs> yeah, okay. So that actually can catch inner sample. I've yeah, never tried but that. if you don't have Pro Tools, AF clip, space, drag and drop. Yeah, that's interesting. I didn't know that. Um, so check that out. Hopefully that helps you you're with your mixes, um, with limiting and all that jazz. Um, we're going to do a couple quick shout outs. If you're listening on Spotify, Spotify just released a new way to promote the algorithm or help us out on the algorithm. There's a five-star rating system. You don't have to type any words, no review. Just leave a five-star rating. If you're on Apple, if you can just say, hey, what up? Just like a couple words and leave a five-star review. That helps us so much more than you could possibly imagine. It's a lot. totally free way to help us, support us. Appreciate y'all. Um, thank you so much for anybody that has already done that. Um, Lou streams on Twitch, twitch.tv backslash oh, yeah. mastered by Lou, Monday nights, 6 p.m. Lou is answering questions, doing some mixing or mastering for y'all live on the spot um, every Monday at 2 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, LA time. Um, I'm streaming on twitch.tv backslash DK Mixes. I'm streaming the podcast yep. Thursday mornings and Friday mornings. I'm also streaming mixing and mix feedback um, in that order. So uh, come check us out on the streams. Um, Go to mixingmusicpodcast.com if you want to learn about our sponsors. If you click on any of our sponsors and use any of those uh, links, then we will get a kickback and make a little bit of money from y'all. Um, Literally, with their prices, we're talking about pennies, but every penny counts. Yeah, and we're really, really grateful for anybody that supports us. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast and listening. Subscribe to us on YouTube, blah, 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 all that jazz. Happy mixing, my friends, and stay saucy. One, two, three. Are you tired of using Google Drive or Dropbox to send files to clients? Well, never get burned again with FilePass. I love and use FilePass exclusively for sending files to my clients. It's a cloud file sharing website specifically made by engineers for engineers. It's absolutely amazing. Go to mixingmusicpodcast.com backslash FilePass to check out the full feature list and subscribe today. Never lose another dime to burned projects. Happy mixing, my friends, and enjoy the show. Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Sign up using code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you'll get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matters more than ever. Remember to use code CHAMPION and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet, place your money line 
prop, or parlay bets with the king of sportsbooks today. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotion, promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. At Parker, our purpose is simple. We want to make the world a better place. By working more efficiently. By using more sustainable practices. By developing better technologies. We keep moving forward. With each new idea, innovation, and partnership, we're one step closer to fulfilling our purpose every single day. To find out more, visit parker.com slash purpose. Parker, engineering your success.